All right, welcome into another episode of The Render Podcast. I am so thrilled to have Ashley on the podcast today to talk about some hard conversations with employees and team members that I know that I dread sometimes, and I'm sure some of our listeners might as well. So grab your notebook and pen out. You may want to write some of this stuff down. Ashley has also provided a freebie for all of our listeners today, so we'll talk about that at the end, but you can find those in our show notes, so go check that out. Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients through the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. Would you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so thanks so much for having me today. So yeah, my name is Ashley. I live in Austin, Texas. Um, I've been in the leadership space for about um, 12 years now. And primarily, I help leaders hold their people accountable with compassion and integrity. And the reason why I got into this is because I was really, really terrible at it. And so (laughs) it's just something that um, I had to work really hard at. And now I think it's something that I'm quite good at. Well, that's awesome. I think anybody starting something new is pretty terrible about it until you figure out the right ways to do it. So I know that when I started my company being a leader for my small business, I sucked at it and made so many failures. So um, I hope those listening know that they are not alone if they feel like they're not very good at leadership. So anyways, well, let's just dive right in. Tell us about maybe um, an experience that you've had that have figured out, you know, this is not the way to have uncomfortable conversations. So let's do it differently. Yeah, I think i um... You know, not so much when I was just like managing a few people, but when I was taking on more of a um, a regional approach to multi-unit management, um, there was just a lot of fires. And I think a lot of leaders, you know, we kind of become firefighters, right? And so Hmm. uh, um, it wasn't really doing a very good job. A lot of you can you can sense tension from employees because of conversations not had until they're the the fire is flaming out of control, right? Um, so I'll give you definitely an example of um, just you know the way that things used to be when I was so terrible at it versus where they are now. <laughs> um, so I think that you know just for an example, there there would be there's an employee that um, her name we'll call her Rose. Um, Rose wasn't performing the way that I thought that she should. Um, I felt like we had some conversations. I felt like she was really getting it. And then, you know, lo and behold, she would make the same mistakes over and over again. And then I end up terming her. So like, obviously, that creates some some culture <laughs> issues in, in, yeah. in, a, in an office. And then with along with her, right, she wasn't very happy because she kind of felt like, blindsided. And I think that that happens to a lot of us because we let things build up without really saying anything 
Um, and so yeah. now I think what if I look back on that situation, what I what I would do differently is and what I love to preach is just have heartfelt and honest conversations so so people are never blindsided. Tell them if you think that you're going to have to terminate them. And I know that's a little cliche and like a little scary for some people. So we can talk through that. But um, I think everybody deserves to be treated like a human and to know where they stand with their superior or even if it's a colleague, you know, it's really, really great value for you to have to be able to have honest conversations with employees. And that kind of is the baseline and foundation for holding people accountable. Right, right. That totally makes sense. And I know that um, I've experienced the same thing. And there is, um, I don't know if you remember, were you at the RISE conference in uh, Charleston, yeah, we kind of connected. Okay, so Chris Hogan was one of the speakers. He's with the Dave Ramsey company, and he had said at the conference, and it keeps ringing true, and our team keeps talking about it, but he said something along the lines of, an expectation without communication is just merely a thought. And I love that because just like you were saying, if you are not talking to the person about maybe what might be going wrong or uh, maybe something that you've noticed that isn't lining up. Gosh, we can sometimes get into the, um, into the mindset of you don't want to upset them or um, you don't want to step on toes and that can get really sticky really fast. Yep. Um, and so I love that you mentioned like, you know, maybe you were bottling things up or, or not um, talking to them about, a frustration that you had. And gosh, I'm in the same boat. I've been there as well. So for those listening, if you are like, oh my gosh, I have this one person that's on my team and I really am frustrated, but they don't even know, you might want to talk yeah. to them about it because you might be having some unvoiced expectation and it's merely just a thought. It's not even expectation. So yeah, I love that you started this off with that. And I think that sometimes we um, we as leaders even think that we are communicating our expectations mm-hmm. and we're like, dang, I just talked to her or him about that. Like, why are they still making the same mistake? Right. Um, it's so funny when you go back and you talk to the employee and, and say like, I am so frustrated. I feel like we just talked about this. What is going on? And they're like, huh? We never talked about that. Like it, it all occurred in your head. <laughs> Right. Totally. I totally get that for sure. Well, good. Well, I know in your freebie, you have four tips for us. So why don't you walk us through some of the ways that we can have these uncomfortable yet needed conversations with the people on our teams? Yeah, for sure. And so um, just it kind of piggybacks on what you were saying. Um, Chris Hogan was talking about like set the expectation first. Um, so the first part of that is really just, you know, during the onboarding, if you have, um, you know, job descriptions, making sure that the employees know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Um, I'm a big proponent of, uh, scorecards as well. Scorecards are a big, uh, one for me being able to know where the employee is standing. And I think that that needs to happen when they're first hired, of course, but also throughout the development of and progression of their employment. Um, they should always kind of know where they stand. Okay, so talk to us about a scorecard. What does that look like? What is 
um, kind of the process on that and how do you explain that to your employee when you first hire them on? Yeah, I think um, I like to tell employees that like they're always I think safety is something that's super important in the workplace. Like a lot of people have totally. done research on like employees feeling safe, right? And I don't mean like safe, like I'm not going to get a paper cut, but I mean like, <laughs> safe, like I'm not going to get fired without, you know, unexpectedly. And so um, it's, they should always know where they stand. And I want to tell them like, as soon as that they're hired, that's kind of at least my leadership style, right? You're never going to be fired without knowing. You're never going to get in trouble, you know, out of nowhere. So we're always going to ha- you're always going to know exactly where you stand, and I think part of doing that is having a scorecard system in place. And I think that you can break that down however you want, but I think you should put some things that revolve around your culture and maybe your ideal like employee avatar on there like mm-hmm. and kind of rank them one through five on, in different categories and then of course job related things as well I don't think every small business is going to get a scorecard right at first but you'll know like as you're doing them if you need to add or take away stuff and I think it's great to get the employees input on that too if there's something that they should add or or take away and maybe something that pertains specifically to that particular employee as well yeah I love that you mentioned um, an employee should kind of know if a, a layoff is happening. And so I think that's important. You never want to surprise them. Of course, there are certain situations that might require an immediate termination of their job. We certainly have had situations in the past happen to where an immediate termination was necessary because of something that had happened. Sure. And so making kind of, um, you know, in marriage, how sometimes you can make a deal breakers list, or maybe you have a business and you're like, if this happens, I'm closing or, or any situation, like you have kind of these deal breakers, this, if this happened, this is the consequence to this um, happening. And so make that for your team and for your business. If these things happen, Maybe it's um, someone showing up drunk on the job. If there is something specific that is, hey, this is a deal breaker and you don't get those courtesy warnings before, make that list now before you start hiring. Or even if you've already started hiring, make that list anyways, because I think it's important to know, hey, if this happens, this is the consequence. You will be terminated. And so having that expectation is super important. Um, And then, of course, you know, I think we all need to probably add to that termination list COVID or a national or or global pandemic happening. You know, if things out of your control happen in the world, um, it might require a furlough or or a termination of a job, unfortunately, not due to their actions. So all of that to say, I love that you mentioned, hey, an employee should never be surprised that they are being terminated. If you yeah. clearly lay out those expectations of, hey, if this happens, if you show up this way or or this specific scenario happens, know that that's, a, that's grounds for an immediate termination. Um, and so if they show up drunk or they show up high or something happens, then they should know, hey, if I get caught with this, I know that my job is being taken away versus um, maybe doing something different. Maybe they are rude to a client or something. Well, I know that as an employee, I'm going to get talked to for this. Um, and so I know that I'm not going to be immediately fired, but we're going to work on a way to where this doesn't happen again. 
If it doesn't, I know what the next action step is. And then if that doesn't happen, here's the next action step. Yeah, I love that you said that because it kind of brings me into my next topic, which is <laughs> identifying which pool they're in. And and um, I think a lot of what I've been talking about here has been performance, but there, there's several different pools, right? There's behavior, there's attendance, and then there's performance. And so I kind of list this out in the freebie for you, but um, just going like on what you said, um, being rude to a customer, for example, you know, that falls under behavior. That's something that the employee owns 100%. And that needs to be progressed quickly. And and you need to make it very clear that those uh, that kind of behavior is not acceptable. Um, and I think also that uh, I know I probably don't need to say this, but some to some people I do, you need to set the expectations with your own performance and make sure that you're also not being rude to customers. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, because you can't go being rude to customers and then ask your employees not to. It just kind of doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, you think of the movie Horrible Bosses or something yeah. and you're like, well, but if they're doing it, then they're setting the example that, that then that's okay. And yeah, probably it's not. It's so true. But I can't, I only say that because I've had so many bosses that told me not to do something that they did every single day. Mm-hmm. And that's, that really discredits them as a leader. And so I, you know, I'm just looking out for, for all of those people out there because I think, especially, especially women, we feel like we have to be tough and hardcore as a leader sometimes. And that can be misinterpreted in, in a whole bunch of different ways. So I just, I just caution those that feel that way because, um, you know, you really want to make sure that you are putting forth the the values that you're asking your employees to live out every day. Yeah, totally, totally. So my next tip was, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, was just to have honest conversations. So Kim, if you if you want, I'd love to kind of uh, you know play it out a little bit with you. Um, yeah. We can talk about like you know pretend maybe you're an employee and I don't think, you know, maybe you've been with us for about a month and I don't think you're going to, you're going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Hey Kim, like, thank you so much for, um, coming in and talking to me. I, I've noticed a couple of things going on. We've talked about your behavior several times, right? Right. Yeah, we have totally. And, you know, I really, I think this job might be a little bit challenging for you to kind of put forth the behavior that I'm looking for today. So I'm just telling you because I genuinely care about you. And I'm really, really starting to think that this might not be the best job for you. I want to tell you that because, you know, I think that maybe we can work something out. But I wanted to get your input first and see if maybe we can, you know, Find some time for you to go for job interviews if you agree, because I can see this going down the lines of termination if things don't get better. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying there, but maybe if I can have a couple more weeks, I get that you're telling me about this. And so let me be a little bit more conscious about how I'm showing up. Okay, well... I appreciate you putting forth the effort. I love that. But just know that the next time we have a conversation, this might be, you know, a more 
serious conversation that's leading to termination, okay? I don't want that for you, but that's how I'm feeling today, and I just wanted to be honest. Well, thank you for being honest. Yes. So there you go. I, I know that sounds, <laughs> I know that sounds like it made it sound kind of easy, but that really is that easy. <laughs> right. I think there's sometimes fear around having some of those conversations. I know that most people, if they're solopreneurs or they're entrepreneurs at heart, you know, sometimes we have that fear of people liking us or fear of um, pleasing others or people pleasers. And so having those conversations, you know, when I was the receiving end of that, I didn't feel like you were attacking my personality or me as a person. And so when we have those conversations, sometimes we can think ahead of those. And we're like, well, I don't want to offend them. And I don't want to hurt their feelings. And I don't want to do this or that. But there's certain language that you can totally use and, um, and talk about with them instead of um, dogging on them or um, calling them out on something or, or things like that. There's definitely a way in the tone of voice that you were using even. Yeah. And I love all of the things you're saying. And just to piggyback on that, there's something that makes them feel those things, even if you're not saying them, right? If you're, if you're sugarcoating it or not telling them the truth, then that also is going to make them upset and angry. And not that everybody has to like you, but you have to be able to go to sleep at night. And so you have to <laughs> you have to know that you genuinely tried to save that person and, and to help them and to be honest and and live forth your values and have compassion and integrity because I'll, I'll tell you, take it from somebody who's, you know, had a lot of termination meetings and had a lot of, um, you know, backlash from that, that it's it doesn't get easy. It it doesn't get easier. It gets more challenging and it gets to be it gets to weigh on you if if a whole bunch of people are just, you know, always frustrated with you and you're not handling things <laughs> the right way. Um, but, you know, now I see people that I fired and in the streets sometime or, you know, walking around around here in Austin, I say the streets because like, that's where we hang out. Um, but, um, you know, the most recent person that I saw, um, actually hugged me and said, thank you so much for, you know, telling me that this wasn't the right fit because I found my dream job. Yeah, totally. I love that. I've heard it a couple times and I think it's such an important point to make, especially as we're talking right now, is that the conversations that you might be having out of frustration with your partner or with another employee or with somebody else probably needs to be had with the person you're talking about. I know that sometimes I get into, um, you know, a season of maybe going through a tough time with an employee or um, maybe disagreeing on something and I'll go to somebody that I can trust that um, that can kind of hear me out and give me some direction and how to handle the situation. And I'll just say, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with um, this certain employee and, and this situation is happening and it's really frustrating me. And, and the people that I trust to have those conversations with Every single time they'll pull me, point me back and say, did you talk to them about it yet? I'm like, uh, <laughs> nope, not yet. They're like, you should probably, probably go do that. And you're probably not going to get any rest from this until you actually have that conversation. And so go have that conversation tomorrow or the next day. But go get it off your chest. Go tell them why and how this is uh, hurting you. 
Uh, but the conversation you're having with me about this person needs to be had with this person. Well, that's great that you have that because I don't think that everybody has that. I think some people are just pile it on. And so, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't naturally have that. Yeah. I definitely had to go to the people I do trust with that, meaning maybe my mom, maybe a business coach. But I had to go to them before I even talked about this. And this is being super self-conscious about how you're showing up. But I had to go to them and say, hey, I'm about to tell you about a situation going on at work, and I really need you to not empathize with me. I don't need you to tell me that, oh, it's okay, like you'll get past it. I really need you to encourage me on what to do specifically for the betterment of me and my business and the things that are going on. And so, um, you know, parents are great to talk to about these things because they likely have been somewhere similar to you, whether they are an entrepreneur or they're in corporate America. But they likely have some work experience under their belt. And if you have a parent that you can trust and be on your side about something, going into it by saying, hey, I'm about to tell you about something, but I really need you to have my best interest at heart and in mind and encourage me uh, on the best thing to do. Don't just empathize. Don't just say, oh, yeah, so sorry that's happening. Like, give me something that I can actually do. So having those conversations before I mean, that's how I've gotten to the place where I can have those conversations and not feel like, um, not feel like they're going to just say like, oh, pat you on the back. It's okay. So have those conversations. I mean, you kind of have to look for it. You kind of have to um, be expecting a, um, an outcome. And so having those conversations is super vital. I love that. I think that's really, really great tip, everybody. Like, if you heard that, go and go find those <laughs> those leaders that you want to be like. That's that's a really, really great tip. I should add that in my freebie. <laughs> <laughs> well, even I mean, if you don't have a parent that you can go to, or if you don't have a partner in life that you can go to, go to someone who is just a little bit further along than you, who's doing the same thing that you are, because they're never going to look back on you and say oh, I'm not going to tell you my secret. They're going to encourage you so that you can boost the industry that you're in. I know that so many times you can be scared that, hey, if I go to my competitor who's bigger than me, they're going to think that I'm not worthy enough or they're going to think that, hey, I'm not going to share too much. But to be honest, I would love to share with people who are in the same industry as me what to do, even if they're smaller than me and even if they're bigger than me. But um, find someone that you can trust that um, either understands, have been where you've been before, because they probably remember, hey, I've had something similar to that happen. And this is how I handled it. And it either was bad. And so don't do this, do this instead. Or they had a good outcome and they're going to share that with you. So it doesn't necessarily have to be someone in your personal life. It could be very much in your business life as well. Yeah, that's really, really great advice. There's no, there's no ego. You can't get anywhere with, with an ego. <laughs> no, not at all. Awesome. Well, I guess I'll give away my my fourth tip here, and that's just to follow your dis- disciplinary process. Can uh, do you have a disciplinary process that you follow? We do. Um, it is more of a strike system. We have. Um, different scenarios we've come up with of, hey, this is a deal breaker. And these are the things that need to be talked about when it happens, because you can't be naive and think that everything's going to be, you know, happy, Joe, lucky. Um, And so we've had a system in place that says, hey, if these things happen, 
know that there is going to be a conversation that's going to be had. Um, and, you know, we're going to have a conversation the first time. The second time it happens, we're going to have a little bit further of a conversation, something that's a little bit more disciplinary or requires um, action. There's a good saying, and I'm sure you've probably heard it before, but if there's someone on your team that is not fulfilling your expectations, it's either a head problem, a heart problem, or a hands problem. Mm-hmm. A head problem, meaning they don't know better. They need to be trained on it further. They need more knowledge. They need more expertise in what they're doing. So it's either a head problem. Maybe it's a hands problem, meaning they don't have the tools or um, the equipment to do their job to its fullest. And then it could be a heart problem. They just simply don't care. So it's either a head, a hands, or a heart problem. And the heart problem is one of the only ones that you can't really fix. Right. That's pretty similar to what I what I have, what I what I do, I think. We um I think the heart problem I, is something that I call like behavior. And it's something yeah. that yeah, that they're choosing to do, right? And that, you know, you as a leader don't have much control over them being disengaged or you know, having a bad attitude. Um, there's only so much you can do to tolerate that. So really, I think what what we do is we we have two conversations, um, the second one being a little bit more serious, and then break it down into a written and a final warning before termination. And I feel like that's very, very fair. Um, when it comes to performance, we handle that a little bit differently. Did you know that every $1 spent on email marketing, you can expect an average return of $42? As a small business owner, this is huge. Email marketing is something that is highly important and I've talked about it plenty of times. Flowdesk has made my life and business so much better through their amazing design capabilities, analytics, and ability to map out workflows for different audiences. Flowdesk only charges a flat fee, so you can grow your list as large as you want without having to pay more for your growth. I love using their platform for each side of my business, and I know you will too. Get 50% off your first month of Flowdesk by going to rendereducate.co backslash Flowdesk. That's R-E-N-D-E-R-E-D-U-C-A-T-E dot C-O backslash Flowdesk, F-L-O-D-E-S-K. The leader owns that um, for a certain amount of time. For the two first two discussions, at least, we need to be pouring everything we can to get that um, performance up. And then once we start to get it, the written and, and final warnings, that's when you know it really falls on the employee if they're not really trying. And so I really feel like it's fair um, to give them a 30-day window between there. But... Um, that being said, like everybody has their own thing, but that's uh, that's how my fourth tip is laid out because I just want to give some people that don't have any structure something kind of outlined so that they have something that maybe that they can follow. Yeah, I love that. Well, I know that you have provided a handout for everyone, so I'm so thankful that you put some of these tips down there and we've talked about it and there's some action steps, I believe, in there as well, right? Yeah, yeah, and there's even a special bonus. I won't disclose it just yet, but just for your listeners so that they can get to work on holding some people accountable in a really, really um, compassionate way. 
Right. I love that. Well, thank you so much for providing that. Well, any other final last thoughts, ideas, or ways that our listeners who are mostly solopreneurs or entrepreneurs, how they can, you know, have these conversations a little bit easier and not feel so much um, anxiety from having these conversations? Yeah, just um, somebody once told me, somebody very wise who was in human resources for a long time just told me holding people accountable is the same thing as being honest. So really do a pulse check on yourself, breathe through it, and practice makes perfect. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, practice on your friends and family or just to yourself, record yourself. That helps um, immensely as well. And you're not alone. There's a lot of people that are really, really terrible at this. And so even if you're trying or listening to this episode, I think you're already stepping in the right direction with intention. So kudos right. to you. <laughs> I love that. Um, one thing I will mention before we wrap up is every time that we have a termination or someone decides to quit and move on to another um, job, we always ask them specifically, hey, what could we have done to make your experience better? And put it back on you and not saying, well, you could have done this better and, and giving them constructive feedback unless they ask for it, of course. Um, but reflecting back on you and just saying, hey, if you could do this experience ever again, what would you change? How would you have um, rather us do things? And you can take that with a grain of salt and say, hey, I'm going to do exactly what they say. Or you could say, hey, I really love that suggestion and I might tweak it a little bit for the next person. Every time that we hire, fire, terminate, go through a transition of a position, Every time we go through those situations, it's only going to get better and better the more that we go through it. I know that every single person that have come through our team, which has been many, um, we've had a different experience and we've learned something more. And I only hope that every hire that we have after the last um, is a better experience every single time because you're continually learning. And you could take this episode or you could take other episodes or other podcasts and mash it all together and say, hey, I liked this from this one and I liked this thing from that one. And you can make up your own way of doing it. That's the beauty of being a solopreneur or an entrepreneur in general is that you can mash up anything that you want and create something of your own. So I hope that you've taken some nugget today from our podcast with Ashley and figured out what might work for your business. Any final thoughts that you might have, Ashley? No, thank you so much for having me today. And it was a pleasure talking with you all. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Ashley. We so appreciate it. And uh, tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, so um, I like to hang out a lot on LinkedIn. So you can look me up there, Ashley Souza. Um, I'm also on Instagram. So Ashley underscore N underscore Souza. Um, or you can check out my website, www.ashleysouza.com. I love that. We're going to put all of that in the show notes as well. So thank you again for being here. And we're excited to see what you listeners take from this episode and apply to your business. 